Who or what is the Holy Spirit? For many outside the Christian faith, this is a pretty obscure question. But from the point of view of the Bible, the New Testament in particular, the person and the work of the Holy Spirit are absolutely indispensable. Want to know more? You've come to the right place. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Hey, it's fantastic to be with you for another week of Signs of the Times Radio. And joining me via Skype from New South Wales, mid-north coast, is my bro, literally my brother, Jotham Kingston. How are you, Joth? Good. Thanks so much for having me on your show, Ken. Yeah, not a problem at all. And you're here not just because you are my brother and you're awesome, but you wrote an article for us in this month's Signs of the Times, the August uh, edition, called The Holy Spirit, which I guess we, we could have called Holy Spirit 101, couldn't have we, really? Yeah, yeah, we could. I guess what I was trying to do was to just give a very broad brushstroke idea of what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and and more than that, to, to reflect kind of personally on um, on my own experiences as well. So, okay. No, that's good. And I mean, one reason why I'm glad it's you who's explaining this to us is that you are a high school religion teacher. So I guess this whole idea of explaining, you know, basic religious concepts is something I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, you do pretty much every day at work and you'll be able to sort of break it down into terms that we, we can understand here. Yeah, absolutely. I find that talking with my students, it comes down to being able to to simplify things to the lowest common denominator without mm-hmm. simplifying too far, of course. Sure. Then again, I've got it, – it's surprising how many 14, 15-year-olds have got really, really insightful questions and, and can can pop up a, uh, a question out of the blue that just leaves me flabbergasted and I, I, I say, well, I'm, I don't have an answer for that. I'll have to come back to that one later. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. It, look, something that strikes me about the Holy Spirit is um, if we were talking about Jesus Christ, for example, we could say, you know, look, Hinduism accepts Jesus as an avatar of the Brahman, or Islam accepts Jesus as one of the prophets. You know, there are a lot of world religions that, for whom, you know, Jesus has a place. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I mean, yes, Islam does, like the Quran uses the phrase Holy Spirit, but they, uh, but Muslims generally believe that that refers to the angel Gabriel. So in some ways, would you say that the Christian idea of the Holy Spirit is something that is unique to Christianity? It's not something that's really shared. It's a, you know, fairly exclusive belief. I actually haven't done a lot of research into what other religions believe, either about the Holy Spirit, about something, or about similar concepts. Mm. I would say that you'd be right, though, because the the Christian idea of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is very much a person mm. rather than a force. Right. So I I think, and, and, and not just a person, but, but a, a, a person of God, mm. which is quite different from the other stuff that you're describing. Yeah, yeah. Although I, although I guess when I, when I think about it a bit further, I mean, there are a number of, uh, if I think about, 
like the Wiccan sort of, or neo pagan sort of approach or, or ancestor worship or, or sort of earth worship sort of religions, they do tend to have an idea of spirits, like usually plural, or even, you know, the Native Americans with the great spirit. But I guess that's the idea of spirits plural is, is quite different to the idea of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? What I find really interesting when I look at what the Bible teaches about spirit is, is that the Holy Spirit is described as the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And there are actually places in the Bible where it talks about humans having a spirit as well. I think Paul says the, the Spirit, I forget what the word is there, but, um, the, the Spirit speaks with our spirit mm-hmm. and, and tells us that we're sons of God. So the idea, the idea of God having a spirit mm. I guess is is similar in some way to to the Wiccan beliefs, hmm. but there are some there are some big differences when you start start looking at the personality of the Holy Spirit and what he stands for. Mm-hmm. So the the word like spirit itself, like that that's actually connected to like other English words, isn't it? Like what like respiration or, or expiration or um, inspiration. Yeah, yeah. In, in, yeah. Inspiration. What what's the connection there with, with those words? Okay, as I understand it, the word spirit actually comes from the Latin. Mm-hmm. If you are to read the Bible in its original languages, it'll actually use uh, different words. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word there is ruach, mm-hmm. which means spirit, but it also has a, a it also has a meaning of, of wind or, like, or, or like, breath as well. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, breath, breath. Mm. Likewise, in the um, in the New Testament, the Greeks had the word. In English, we say it's pneuma. Although my um, my Greek friends would laugh at me, they say it's it's pneuma. I think if you're going to say it right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and the idea of pneuma there is it, there's a supernatural aspect to it, which is similar to spirit, but it it also simply means the wind. Right. So so we use the word pneumatic, for example, which is like a machine that is driven by air, like within a within a cylinder or something. So pneuma, pneumatic. There, there's a connection there, yeah. Yeah, correct, correct. Which is why when Jesus was explaining this to Nicodemus in mm. in John chapter three, yep. which is the chapter, incidentally, for your listener, where where Jesus says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son." Um, in that in that same conversation that Jesus is having with this leading scholar, Jesus explains to him, "You must be born again." Mm-hmm. And the scholar says, what do you mean? Do I have to crawl back into my mum and be born again? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. He says, let me explain. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. And and then he describes that the that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. Mm. Um, and, and in English, the pun or the double meaning isn't quite as clear as it is in the original Greek. Yeah. Okay, because the the wind is like the breath is like the wind is it would sort of, yeah. Okay, that, that's really interesting. So, is it in like books like the Gospel of John or, or other you know New Testament books that we get the the clearest picture of, of the Holy Spirit of you know what what the Holy Spirit is and and what what his job is and things like that. I would say it's scattered throughout the Bible, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Yep. I don't think that there's a there's not a strong chapter where we could say, you know what, this chapter is specifically about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we've got to kind of build up a mosaic of our understanding of, of who the Holy Spirit is and, and how he functions and what he's interested in. Okay, so what are some of the sort of the, the key descriptors that the, um, well, let's start with the New Testament first, that, that are given to us in, in regards to the Holy Spirit? Let's back up a little bit. 
it's it's very clear that at the time of Jesus, the people that Jesus were talking to had in their idea very, very clearly the idea that, that God was one. Yeah. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Mm, that, that was a sort of a, a motto that Jewish people to this day like repeat every day, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's only one God, not many, many, there's one. And then Jesus turned up and Jesus equated himself with God and, and he said, I've got, a, I've got a father in the sky. Mm-hmm. And the leader said, hey, hang on, hang on. We, we've been saying for, for years and years that there's only one God, there's one. Mm. And Jesus said, yes, you're correct. And he said, my father and I are one. Are one, yeah. Are one, we're, we're one. And then he explained that further by talking um, about marriage where, where two become one. Mm-hmm. Which, which understandably was a um, was a difficult idea for people to get a handle on. Well, absolutely, it's still a difficult idea, isn't it? I mean, the idea to say, "Hey, the two of us are one." Well, wait a minute, are, are you two or one? Which is it? Two or one? Make up your mind. And the answer appears to be yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, this becomes relevant because because not only did Jesus talk about having a a father in heaven, but he also talked about the spirit. Mm-hmm. And John describes on an occasion very soon before Jesus before Jesus was put on the cross mm-hmm. where he said to his disciples, look, the Spirit is coming and he will be with you and he will be in you. Mm. And, and describes, I guess, what people have looked back and, and what we've called the, the, third, the third person of the Godhead, which mm. is pretty pretty clunky English way of trying to describe what's going mm. on here. But, but, but you, you you just um, I mean, were you just paraphrasing there, or is that what did Jesus actually speak of the Holy Spirit as as He? Yes, He spoke of the Holy Spirit as He. And wow, okay. if you if, if you look at the original Greek, you can look at the language that's used there, and it's certainly not it. Yeah. It's, it's he. Okay, because I guess there are some people who would say, well, yeah, I believe God has a spirit, God has influence and a force that is sort of all throughout the universe, but the idea of a, a sort of a person called the Holy Spirit that you could refer to as he is quite a separate thing, isn't it, from, you know, the, the spirit of God, which is more sort of generic language someone might use. Yeah, I, I think it's actually both. Mm-hmm. The way that I understand the Bible's explanation of the Holy Spirit is that that yes, it's it's a force, and, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit has force, but the Holy Spirit is also a person at the same time. And I guess that that's fine. We can we, we can talk about my wife being a person, and I can say I'll tell you what, my wife's a force as well. <laughs> she's, a, she's, a, she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. So, I, I, um, I hope you're listening, Erin, and realise that this is said in love. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, that, that's great. But the the personal description of the Holy Spirit comes through a number of times in the New Test in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, for example, as a comforter, mm-hmm. which now, is not really something an impersonal force can do. E- exactly, a force doesn't give you a hug. Yeah, a- and again, the Holy Spirit is described as a teacher, and. A, a teacher is someone who who knows where you're at and who who steps you through a learning process. Mm-hmm, mm. Jesus says, "Yeah, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth." 
which doesn't seem to be a force at all. Yeah, yeah. Now, you, you mentioned before you used, a, like you said, it was a clunky phrase, the, the three persons of the Godhead. I guess a word that's used more often among Christians is the word Trinity. Do you, you see the word Godhead and Trinity is essentially meaning the same thing? Yes, I do. Okay. I guess it's it's difficult to talk about because the word Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible at all. Right, okay. And it's it's people a hundred a few hundred years on trying to make sense mm-hmm. of what the Bible says. Right. I, I think in my article I explained there was a guy called Tertullian who was trying mm-hmm. to get his head around it and he he used he used two Latin words and kind of sawed them in half and glued them together. And and the tri on the front of Trinity comes from the same word for tricycle. Hmm. And niti on the back is like in unity. So mm-hmm. his idea there is is three in one, one in three. Tri-unity, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really fascinating. So, okay, so if we have the, the Trinity, which which is God, you know, who is God, but the Trinity is also Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what, what do you see? I mean, are these just, you know, three... Because if they're all God, you could say, well, they're all identical. But I don't know, in the Bible, it sort of seems like each of them have particular roles or, you know, I don't know, I don't know if personalities is the right word. How do you explain that, the the sort of the, the difference between those persons of the Trinity? Sure. How do I explain it? With, with great difficulty, to be honest. <laughs> okay. I, I think it's... It's very easy to be to be highly dogmatic and say, you know what, I, I know exactly how all this works. Mm-hmm. When the Bible teaching is actually quite complicated. Yeah, I've, I've heard, for example, one Southern preacher say it, it's really easy. He says it's it's like a, I think he said it's like a pumpkin pie, mm-hmm. and he said you you can cut the pumpkin pie into three pieces. But the um, the the layer on the top, even though the bottom's cut, the layer on the top is still still together and is still one. Right. So this must be a fairly runny sort of pie that um, c- connects together even after the knife has gone through it. E- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and look for some people for some people that metaphor might work. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm I'm not too sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I think I, I think. You're right. the the idea The idea of Father and Son, of God as Father and 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 the Logos or the Word being His Son, mm-hmm. um, who became human, as known as Jesus. That that idea is so much easier to get a grasp on. Mm-hmm. But the idea of Holy Spirit is yeah, it's it's just just a difficult concept. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can tell us some um, particular stories, I guess, you know, from the New Testament of where the Holy Spirit was was active so we can get some idea of, you know, how he worked in those contexts. And look, I'd be really interested uh, for you to talk about your own experience too. I mean, you know, as, as a Christian, you know, someone who's pursued faith for, you know, quite a few years now, you know, have you felt the sense of the Holy Spirit's presence or direction or teaching or comfort? In Acts chapter 2, mm-hmm. The guy writing that describes what happened to the first followers of Jesus in the weeks after Jesus died and came back to life. And they said to each other, we've been told to stay here in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and we're going to wait for this gift. Jesus promised us a gift and with that gift that he's going to give us, we'll be able to fulfill the, the mission that he's given us of, mm-hmm. of spreading the good news out to the world. Now, you can, you can grab your Bible and read Acts chapter 2. 
and it tells us what happened. It says they were praying. They were in an upper room. Yep. There was a sound like a rushing wind hmm. and flames of fire or what appeared to be flames of fire or tongues of fire came and landed on each one of their heads while they were praying. Mm-hmm. And it enabled them to speak in other languages. But it, but it, di- it didn't burn them, I, I seem to recall. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, which sort of reminds me of, you know, like, like Moses at the burning bush. You know, this is a, a bush that is on fire. God's presence is there. God speaks out of the burning bush. But what draws Moses to come closer to that bush is not the fact that it's on fire, but the fact that it's on fire, but the it doesn't appear to be being burned up. So it's yeah, a s- yeah. similar sort of um, idea here, isn't it? Yeah, it it is very, very similar. And in fact, in the same way that Moses was drawn to this, to the burning bush, there's a crowd that's described in Acts chapter 2 that's drawn to drawn to the house. Mm-hmm. And the Bible tells us because they, they were very curious, they could hear people inside speaking their own native tongues or their, mm-hmm. their own mother tongues. Yeah. So what we have in Acts chapter 2 is a, a massive outpouring of supernatural power. Mm-hmm. The, the speaking in other languages was a was a sign to these disciples of Jesus that that God's power was with them, mm-hmm. um, and it enabled them to spread out from where they were in Jerusalem and to to go all over the known world mm. and share the message uh, of Jesus with with other people. Right. Okay. So so the Holy Spirit gave some. I guess some very obviously supernatural abilities there. You know, suddenly they could speak languages they hadn't learned before, but it seems the Holy Spirit also gave abilities that were, I guess, you know, people do get enthusiastic, people do get confident, people are articulate sometimes, and they, you know, they speak and explain and travel, and but the Holy Spirit also enabled them to do those less obviously supernatural things. Yeah, and in fact, when you flip over the pages, you, you see um, Peter and John, two of Jesus' leading disciples who who actually healed a guy who had been ill for many, many years. Mm-hmm. They draw a crowd, too much attention, they're thrown into jail and then they're brought before, I guess, what's essentially a, a, a court. Mm. Where the, the high priest is there, uh, his family are there, everybody who's got power is there and they and they, they stand these two guys up and they say, well, what do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. And and I love when I read that that that, that these guys respond back. They they don't apologise. Mm-hmm. They come back with a really really strong response. And Luke, the guy who writes Acts, he, he comments and says that that these people they were astonished because they knew that Peter and John were just ordinary and unschooled, mm-hmm. but here they were speaking with courage and with eloquence. Mm. So there was a there was a big change that had taken place. Mm. Presumably, a lot of it had to do with 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 the the Holy Spirit turning up in the way that He did. Mm. So the Holy Spirit is very much an empowering force and an empowering person. Yeah, yeah. And when you read through when you read through Acts, you can see that that this idea really really appealed to some people. Mm-hmm. For example, the Book of Acts tells us there was a a magician in mm-hmm. Damascus. I, I guess by magician he would have been involved in the occult somehow, mm-hmm. and he saw the power that uh, these disciples of Jesus had, and, and he wanted it. Mm-hmm. And he came to them and he said, "Look, look, what do I have to do to pay you to get what you've got?" Mm. So, so on one hand, you've got you've got th- this idea of supernatural power that people had, mm-hmm. but then on the other hand, you've got the idea of the Holy Spirit as comforter. Mm. 
which I really, really like because it's 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 not about the way that the disciples changed the world was yeah there were sometimes where they where they went into a city and they they stood up and made big speeches and they healed people and they they turned the world upside down in a very kind of forceful public way mm. but as I read carefully a, a lot of the time it had to do with staying in one place and and forming a community with the people who were there and a lot of the changes would have taken place on heart level. Mm, over a period of months or even years, exactly. Yeah. Where where the um, I guess we'd call it, you know, the the softer side of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the the, the, the more intimate, um, gentle side. Yeah, that, that's better. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I mean, look, it's all very well to, you know, read these ancient stories and and think, well, you know, this could be some legend. You know, you read all sorts of old stories about amazing things that happened, you know, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and, you know, was that sword really magic and blah, blah, blah. But I guess where the rubber really meets the road in some ways is, well, is this description, are these descriptions of the Holy Spirit we see in the Bible at all connected with the experience of people today, like you know yourself, for example, or people that you know. Yeah, I I think that's a that's a great question. And just before I answer it, I I think it's also interesting to note that the Bible says that that, that in the last days, mm. and I think we're we're either there or we're very close. Yeah, it says people will have a form of godliness without the power. Right, um, and and when I read that, I, I I hear it saying that there's a there's a form of religiosity or of going through the motions, mm. but generally, the power of the Holy Spirit is is something that's missing. Right. Okay. So there could be a lot of people today who would call themselves Christians, say they believe in the Holy Spirit, but yet are really lacking that power and that comfort of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. But, but is, okay, well, I mean that, but you could say, well, that's a very convenient excuse. Are, are you say, because people could say, well, see, I told you it's, it's not real. Uh, is it real at all? Is the Holy Spirit real at all? Would you say? I think what I'm trying to say is that, is that me wanting to learn more about the Holy Spirit and how he functions is, is a journey that I've largely had to take by myself. Mm hmm. And it's really, really nice when I talk with other people who have had similar experiences mm-hmm. to to find out that, that I'm not the only one and, and, and yeah, what, what I'm experiencing, what I've been through is... It's quite normal. Okay. Well, just, just we've only got a, a couple of minutes before we, we need to wrap up. But are you able to tell us, you know, what one or two of these experiences, if if you don't mind, you know, because obviously these can be sort of fairly intimate encounters. Yeah. No. Sure. I think I, I wrote about one in my article. It was about a year ago. I was having quite a difficult time at work, mm-hmm. and I actually I actually drove to my workplace one night. It was quite late, mm-hmm. and I sat in the car park of my workplace and I, I turned the engine off and I actually prayed for my situation, for myself, for what was going on. And and it kind of felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling or the, the roof of the car. Mm-hmm. Then I... Going nowhere. Yeah, yeah going nowhere. I, I drove out of there and I was going down the road and, and I had this, had this sense... The Bible says you'll hear a voice above and behind you, and mm-hmm. and I guess that's that's how I can only describe it: a sense of a, a big heaviness that was sitting above my shoulders. And it was actually it, I've had the, I've had it before the sensation, but this sensation this time it was so strong, I actually felt like I had to pull over my car and wait, and and it kind of felt like there was 
some liquid being poured into the into the back of my neck, basically, mm-hmm. and it lasted for a good oh, 30, 40 seconds or something like that and felt like I was having a huge inhaling breath, mm. which is really curious since the, the, the spirit is word for wind or breath. Mm. And, and it, I just sat there by the side of the road quietly and, and waited for this to be over. And when I when I compare what happened with what the Bible says, I I think it was it was me in a very real way being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. But what and, was was that experience a comfort to you anyway, or, or oh, empowering I, for you in any way? Absolutely, absolutely, because yeah. it, I I knew that I wasn't alone mm-hmm. um, in my struggles, and I knew that God was there with me. Mm. Wow. There have been there have been many other times when God has when God through the Holy Spirit has turned up and actually given me given me information mm-hmm. the the other one that I talk about in my article is actually <laughs> it was really interesting um, my first year of marriage was somewhat difficult I think that's that's quite typical for for many people yeah, yeah. We, we joke about it now and say it was like putting a cat and a dog in a cardboard box and closing the lid <laughs> <laughs> and opening up and say are you friends yet no okay keep the lid closed <laughs> We sorted it all out and uh, I, very, very interesting stories. But I remember I, I got on the phone to, to my wife. I was in Melbourne at the time. She was away on a, on a work placement up near Sydney and we had a massive argument. Mm. And, and I hung up the phone and I said, not expecting an answer, I said, God, what, what was that? And all of a sudden it was like a door opened in my head. There's this the stream of thoughts that came in and it was so quick it didn't feel like my imagination. I mean, I, I know what my imagination feels like, mm-hmm. but this stream of thoughts was very, very quick and very, very specific. And and what I can only assume is the Holy Spirit said to me, Jotham, I want to introduce you to your sparring partner. Mm. And I was like, what, a sparring partner? And And the voice went on and said, you've got a sword and she's got sticks and her sticks are lies that she believes about herself and the world. And your job is to hit those out of her hand without hitting her. Mm. And uh, it went on, the, the, the stream, of, like the voice went on and, and God said, well, when she's finished with her sticks, she will, she'll be ready and pull out a sword. Now, I'm sure that there are many people who would say, well, that was just your imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess for me, inside my body experiencing it, 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 it was just, it didn't feel like my imagination at all. Mm. And there were many times in months afterwards where we'd be, we'd be having a, a quite a heavy discussion. Mm-hmm. And she'd ask me a question and I'd be there trying to flounder, trying to find the right words. And I'd kind of feel God's voice in my head saying, no, no, too slow, buddy, too slow. <laughs> you <can, laughs> got to respond quicker than that. Not that God was upset with me, yep. but but it was just the voice of a teacher, like an instructor saying, "Yep, yeah, coach, coach, try it again, try mm. it again." Mm. Wow. Well, that's yeah, that's obviously very real and dealing with some some very real situations like work and family and relationships, and those are often the things that do you know get us the you know the most upset and the the most entangled. So, wow, mm. that, that's that's really incredible. Thanks so much, uh, Jotham, for you know for sharing that with us, and and I do recommend uh, to our readers to check out the August edition of Science of the Times magazine. It's also online as well, so you know scienceofthetimes.org.au. Jotham's article is there, The Holy Spirit. But yeah, thanks so much for your time today, Jotham. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. 
A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 